Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. Today on the Ether, what is calculated finance? Hosted by Cosmos Haas. Let's take a listen. I guess we can get going. So what I always like to do is just a quick little introduction. Like, you know, how long have you guys been in the crypto? You know, what was the first chain? And then also, like, how did how did Calc go about? Was it something you've seen that was much needed in this space? And then also, you know, like, why Cosmos? Yeah, for sure. So maybe I'll start off by introducing myself. So my name is Fabrizio or Fab or Friction. Any of the three are fine. I'm one of the co-founders here at Calc. And then with me is Fluffy Donkey. Also goes by the name of Aiden. He's a technical co-founder. So I, th- I think maybe we start back in... Um, and maybe a little bit embarrassing, but my first entry into crypto was actually uh, XRP Ripple back in maybe 2017. Um, I did what most retail investors did. They, I heard people talking about it. I was consulting at a bank at the time, and it was sort of the talk of the town. People were either buying Dogecoin or, or XRP, and I thought, you know, I'm going to get in on this. Ended up buying, um, didn't put too much capital in, but, but relatively mid towards the top. Um, and then, you know, gave it a bit of time, not really understanding what the asset was, what was happening, how much should I buy, when should I buy, uh, and essentially ended up riding it to the bottom and sort of just left it there for, for one or two years. Uh, and I had a lot of friends that, you know, they bought it at the top and then ended up selling at the bottom. Um, and essentially, you know, if you're any reasonable investor, you can learn that that's not a very effective strategy to buy high, sell low. And that's sort of my first retail experience back in, yeah, 2017, 2018. Um, I think Aiden shares a very similar experience to that as well. Um, and it wasn't probably until late 2020, early 2021, um, where I had a friend introduce me to Terra. Um, and essentially off the back of that, looking into that, looking into um, DeFi, smart contract composability, I, my mind was sort of blown and I became immensely interested in the space. So I would have spent, I would say, I, I think maybe two, three hours, maybe if you ask my girlfriend at the time, maybe five, six hours per day, learning, listening to videos, reading, watching, et cetera. Um, and essentially, if you're not familiar with what happened with the Terra, um, it did it did collapse, obviously, you know, potentially poor design, potentially attacked. Um, I think in the end of the day, the result is the result. And it led us to thinking, you know, um, there's quite a lot of friends, a lot of family that got involved in the same space. Um, they always kind of come to you as the first person that knows anything about crypto. Um, and they always asking the same sort of questions, you know, what should I buy? When should I buy? How much should I buy? Et cetera. Um, and, you know, instead of having people come in, get shilled to in a particular thing, think it's going to the moon and then buy, putting in a huge amount of money up front that potentially they can't afford to lose and then getting dumped on and becoming exit liquidity without, you know, can we create a product that helps people take more of a risk balanced approach to investing into crypto? 
Um, so our first product off the bat was is dollar cost averaging, which has been around in traditional finance for some time. Um, now this actually goes both ways. Most people traditionally think about dollar cost averaging on the buy side, but also works on the sell side um, to help people take profits because we know, you know things can be quite emotional. Um, you can kind of get caught up in that that bull run mania. And, and on the flip side of that, in the bear run, you kind of think everything's going to zero and it's quite hard to uh, pull yourself together to enter some capital, um, especially now we we posted a, a link on risk aversion, and we can understand from a psychological perspective, um, the equivalent loss to an equivalent gain actually hurts more the loss than the equivalent gain, um, and that's sort of a deep rooted psychological concept um, that's come out of this. And and there's a few things that make this dollar cost averaging concept quite popular. But again, just to summarize, um, we sort of got into the space as, as amateur retail investors ourselves. We went through that same sort of trial and tribulations of coming in, buying high, maybe selling low or holding on, um, becoming sort of ex liquidity to potentially a dead project. I won't comment on XRP. I'll leave it up to the audience. Um, and, you know, after the Terra collapse, we thought, you know, this sort of, there has to be something, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. We have to be, you know, something that's a bit more appropriate, something that can actually be comfortable to say, you know, to recommend your friend, hey, this is actually a quite nice risk balanced approach to getting involved in crypto. So, I mean, post Terra collapse, another thing we really respected um, coming back to the Cosmos, obviously Terra was a Cosmos SDK blockchain. Um, There's a particular L2 on Terra at the time, um, pre-collapse called Kajar. Um, and we think, you know, they sort of, their idea of this grown-up DeFi and removing the Ponzi-nomics and, you know, even though it's not super sexy, um, it is sustainable and it can be around for a long time. I think that really resonated with us quite a lot. On top of that, they've got a stellar record, uh, recommendation, or reputation sorry, for shipping and shipping quality products and shipping quality products fast. Um, and I think, you know, if you spend any time with the Kajira team or in the Kajira ecosystem, I think the community and and the team, you know, they it's not a hard marketing ploy. They actually just keep shipping and delivering and keep shipping and keep delivering. And I think a lot of that really attracted uh, attracted us again to our ethos of you know creating a long term investment product, both from the problem we're solving, you know, not being super sexy, but helping people take more of a risk balanced approach to to investing. Um, but then also from, you know, aiming to be around for a long time, because I think from a crypto perspective, you know, it's not often that projects can, you know, be around for, well, it's extremely unlikely to be around for five years, even, you know, three years, two years, you know, make it through one, one, <clears throat> one bull run to the next. So that's sort of how we landed on the Kajira um, blockchain, I guess, part of the Cosmos. Um, and, you know, I think Aiden can probably touch on it from a technical perspective, but I think he's uh, previously he was doing some solidity development. And um, I think he's got many comments if you want to touch on it, Aiden, uh, in terms of uh, why Cosmos, why Rust? Why Cosmos versus why why not EVM? Oh, God, there's just there's a never ending debate on this part, I guess. But um, yeah, like pre pre-calc um i was working on a project um on the in, in polygon like an evm in the evm space and i guess like yeah like i mean fab fab talked about like the whole terra collapse and and that and that sort of things um that's when i was introduced to the cosmos ecosystem um yeah so i was working on this evm projects and battling solidity contracts and listening to all these like exploits that were happening each week you know all these re-entrancy attacks which is like a classic security issue with um like on evm chains i mean classic because it's just like lots of novice developers get into it and don't really understand how complex solidity contracts actually are but um yeah 
I remember getting introduced into the Cosmos ecosystem um, and seeing like how Cosmosm was built and Rust contracts. And it's just like they they obviously built, I mean, their ethos is like building, they, they got to see like the pitfalls of Solidity and EVM and sort of design um, design around that. So like, I mean, it's just sort of a no-brainer. Like you, you use Rust, it's just much a, it's like a, I don't know. It's 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 pretty subjective, but I think lots of lots of developers like over the over the coming years that end up getting exposed to the Cosmos ecosystem, um, will just sort of be like, oh my god, this is a no brainer. Like it's so much like safety is built into the SDK. Like that you you're not exposed to like so many of these issues that are um sort of rampant in EVM. Just I don't know. It just feels like it's a lot easier to build on. Yeah. So. Yeah, we just love. As soon as we started building in Cosmos, we were just like, "Yeah, Solidity's epic." I mean, not Solidity, sorry, Rust is epic. Um, yeah, let's build some stuff. I think if you'd go back in our our group messages, um, our dev team are constantly frothing on on Rust um, and definitely the tech that's being that's being built here. Um, so I think that's that's super powerful. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, just to kind of reset. Uh, the room from from all those good details there. I was going to get back to uh, Fab. Like we ha- we kind of have similar backgrounds. I mean, I'm uh, I'm basically an accountant in finance, and I kind of got into this space um, basically when COVID happened. I had time to kind of do the deep dive, and it's funny because I had one of my first purchases was XRP as well, and uh, like kind of going through me being, I, I always like question things and di- do a deep dive and. I was like, well, how can this chain, you know, talk to another chain? Like, it just seems so fragmented. It doesn't make any sense. It almost reminded me of, like, when the internet first started up and couldn't go on one website because of this and that. And I just, it didn't make any sense to me from that vantage point. So I kept digging, and then I ended up finding Cosmos, and the tech made sense to me. The communitarian stance kind of made sense to me and not that i'm opposed to venture capitalist money but for the most part the people were the venture capitalist and i just liked all those types of approaches about it and and then like go into like kind of touching on like kujera's tokenomics it's very solid you know i do like like the grown-up finance point of it not being so inflationary as the fact of like you know you're basically when when there's a high inflation you're just getting let's call it stock or token or whatever you want to call it, um, a position in it, but you're just getting more based off of potential future valuations, not kind of current. And I really appreciate like structured uh, tokenomics that actually, um, like you said, it's not sexy, but you can actually look at it and make sense as, as an investor standpoint. Um, you know, and then like as for Cosmos, at, purely as an investor standpoint, it's really nice because there's all kind of different things. Like every every type of the chain can be te- technically built here, even Solidity. You know, like everything can be. So uh, it gives you options. And then as a developer, I'm not technically a developer, but you know, like you were saying about Rust, and you can basically in every language. And the Cosmos SDK allows you to alter the code to however it sit, suits well for you. So like a lot of things just make sense to me when it comes to Cosmos. And, um, you know, that's where I pretty much devote all my time. And then for the chains outside of um, IVC, you know, I do mess around with them and things like that. But I do feel in the future, those will be IVC enabled anyhow. So it's like, whatever. And um, anyhow, like kind of go into like the automation side of things, like from my point, 
which really is cool about the, I think a lot of people don't think about dollar cost averaging. Like you said, they think about it when, on the, on the way down, but what about on the way up and human, human emotion. Um, and I mean, it even caught me, you know, I always preach, like have a journal, have goals, like, Hey, if you know, like Kajera goes to this, are you going to sell? Or like Osmo goes to this, are you going to sell? Or Adam goes to this. And then if you don't keep yourself accountable, you know, you're going to get stuck in that, like that euphoria where like the price is always going to keep going up. But the reality is it's impossible. You know, it's going to retrace. And we had this opportunity um, you know, this last market where like stuff just ripped, like it went up so high and maybe you took some profits, maybe you didn't, but you know, it would have been nice to have something automated where it basically does it for you. It takes all the human, um, emotion out of things. And that's one of the things like for people out there, maybe you didn't go to school for business or finance or whatever, but like one of the things they always teach you to run a business or be a good investor is you can't have any emotion. And it's really hard. I mean, we're, we're emotional creatures. So I do appreciate automation. One, one, it just saves you time and effort, but also it does take that part out of it. So the people out there, like I don't give in real life, I do give out financial advice, but not here at all. But like one of the things about dollar cost averaging in my, my point of view is I don't think it's necessarily um, the right thing when it comes to like, if you're just going to do the same buys, like, so if you're going to start with like a hundred bucks, you're like every two weeks or every month, I'm going to do a hundred dollars. Like, I don't think that's a good strategy. I think it's better if you're like, okay, what do I think this token could be potentially worth? And like right now, Maybe we're not at the bottom, but we're towards the bottom. Maybe I don't know. I can't predict the future, but you know, we would think like, well, if these tokens can get back to the all-time high or close to it, then these are really big bargains, correct? It's like, all right, well, maybe instead of a hundred dollars, I'm going to do two hundred dollars, and I'm going to buy more. And then when it goes up, you can still DCA, but you can also maybe not as much, or you take profits or whatever, you know. And like, kind of going back to Calc what type of um like strategies do you have currently and then like what do you see the future of calc like uh, more automation and things of that nature yeah definitely so i think really great questions and you know when we first started looking at the reoccurring buying selling space we thought you know it's quite a small niche space and after spending a lot of time exploring different um different avenues and different things we've we realized it could be quite complex and quite exciting to design in so I think, you know, the first question we typically get is, you know, why wouldn't I just go to a centralized exchange? Most centralized exchanges offer, you know, recurring buying and selling services. I can tell you right now, the top 10 traded volume and probably the top 20 or 50, I've only verified the top 10, um, all offer this service. And, and it's for a particular reason. Obviously, I mean, I don't need to, to preach the recent FTX saga. I mean, FTX went and solved it the same week we went, we went live, um, you know, because we thought the product itself was very important. We're going to push through no matter what, continue to ship. Um, and, you know, obviously with Celsius as well, it really reinforces not your keys, not your crypto. So obviously being on chain and being permissionless, um, that's quite a big, a big important part for us. No one's taking your money and, and doing something else with it. Uh, you can always access it. But then the second aspect about being on chain is leveraging DeFi composability. So as I mentioned before, exploring this space is kind of like uh, if we take a more of a higher lens, you know, apart from just the buying and selling, it's like, you look at the end-to-end -end customer journeys, like what are you actually doing before the buying and selling? And then what are you doing after the buying and selling? So I think a really big differentiator for at least our MVP products that we've shipped is around this concept of, you know, can we be a bit more capital efficient with any any funds that you have? Can we look to um, work with particular on-off ramps? We've got partnerships with local money, peer-to-peer -peer swap. Um, they're also building on Kajura, haven't launched yet, but definitely check them out and give them a follow if you haven't already. And then you're probably very familiar with Kado money. 
Um, so essentially, we'd like to get to the end goal where you know we can replace a centralized exchange. You know, every month, every X period, as defined by the particular user, you can be funneling um, capital into the Kelk uh, permissionless vaults, the smart contracts, and then they could do the buying and selling for you. So then on the flip side, the DeFi composability is we can actually take those assets and then do something with it. So if you're particularly long on an asset, um, again, no financial advice, whatever it might be, um, you know, uh, probably an obvious thing you want to do is auto stake and potentially auto stake and auto compound that asset. Now, so, you know, we thought about this and we thought, you know, instead of just doing the buying and selling, can we also, you know, come back and use off Z? So it's stake on your behalf or stake and auto compound on your behalf, or can we partner with someone else? You might want to move your assets into an LP position, or you might want to move your assets into a yield generating position, or on the take profit side, you want, might want to reinvest your assets into a, a different position. So I think we've played around with this quite a lot and we've explored it quite a lot. Um, I think the first, um, we, we've worked quite quite a lot in Web2 and there's this concept of human-centered design. Um, so we ran through a lot of user interviews. I think just myself, I would have clocked over 80 one-on-one -on -one interviews with people all around the world, understanding how they're using it, how they approach it, what do they want to do before, what do they want to do after. So I think like from that that standpoint, um, we really like one, we feel like we, we can really 10x the value for the customers and completely become a set and forget vertical. Um, as you mentioned before, we're very emotional creatures. Um, so it's hard to detach from the euphoria. And you know, if you have some system in place, even if it's a small moon bag, it might be, or it could just be a small take profit for when times get tough. You know, no one can predict the future. Again, this is what the tool is mostly used for. Then the second aspect you touched on is something more akin to dynamic DCA. Um, and this is again something that we've been exploring, and we've have one particular team member completing his PhD as a PhD candidate at the moment. It's been very passionately working away on this to say, you know, how can you actually outperform the average? Um, there's quite a lot of literature on this literature as well on this, um, and essentially you can vary, as you mentioned before, um, the amount that you buy, or you can vary the time that you buy. So essentially, he's been working nonstop over the past few months, backtesting, pull a bunch of data, um, putting together some machine learning algorithms, some genetic algorithms to test and refine, uh, and essentially a product that we are working on at the moment, which should be shipped after we launch the end-to-end -end, um, on ramps. We'll, we've dubbed Dollar Cost Averaging Plus or DCA Plus, and essentially that is a machine learning algorithm that essentially predicts the likelihood of a crash in the next two months. Um, and then because of that, it allocates, you know, should we buy more today or should we buy less today? Um, so it takes in a little bit between, um, again, the value averaging aspect of it, the current price, previous price, uh, and top of that Twitter sentiment, uh, and a few other factors. Um, so that will be our next product. Again, that will be um, a product purely designed to outperform the average buy price. And then that still gets to attach to, you know, what happens before. You know, how do you enter the service and then what happens after? How do we extend the service? How do we save you more time? How do we remove the emotions? How do we automate a lot of this for you? Because in the end of the day, even if you're passionate about crypto, um, a lot of this kind of stuff coming, claiming rewards, auto staking, they're kind of time fillers or time consuming aspects. And most people just, you know, they prefer to do things that they love where it might be more research. It might be surfing. It might be playing chess. It might be, you know, playing with your kids, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why there's, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm in the finance sector. You know, most people, they just want to give you, like in real life, they just want to give you their money and they just want to hope that they can get like whatever, five or 7% return. They don't care. They just, you know, they don't have the time to do that. And the bottom line is, as much as I love DeFi and, and crypto and things of that nature, most people on planet Earth 
just don't care about finance. They just don't. They never will. You know, it's just it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. But people do want to see some sort of return on their investments. So I do think, you know, automation is obviously key in the future, because like you're saying, I mean, I like myself, I could just use myself for an example. I don't have all the time. And if I do, I want to I want to be digging, digging into different technologies and different things and also learning how to code and do all these other things. I don't want to sit here, you know, every epoch and collect rewards and then stake it or decide which LP I want to go into and, and, um, you know, how much I want to buy on this day. I just want to set, like you're saying, same set and forget that that's a, you know, it's a good, good way of doing it because at the end of the day, like I think customer, I'll just call it customer service or customer experience. We'll call it customer experience. It's really important. You know, like that's the way it is. And unfortunately with centralized exchanges, a lot of times people just kind of get on there and then they don't kind of delve into like DeFi because it is kind of convenient for them. Although they don't really understand the ramifications that, you know, it's not your keys, not your crypto and anything can happen especially if it's not like a public company, like a Coinbase or whatever, like you literally don't know, you know? And I know like myself, um, I never really understood like the central finance. I mean, I'm in central finance. Why would I come into crypto for me to like give you all my money? And then for you to say, okay, well, like, like a Blockfire, Celsius or Nexo and all them, you know, it's like they, they give you what a 5%, 7%, maybe 10, if you're lucky, like, I didn't get into the space to to come for that. I would just keep investing into like Apple and Google and Microsoft and stuff. And um, so like that point of view right there, even with like FTX, fortunately I didn't get, you know, hurt by that, but it, it was terrible for the space in general because it gives, you know, it gives everything a bad look and, you know, and I kind of understand how they're going to come at it. They'll probably just put everyone in one one bag and say, oh, well, we need to overregulate this and that and, and decentralization and DeFi. And it's like, no, it's just a human problem. It's just a greed problem. It had nothing to do with crypto or, or tech or DeFi. It just had to do with some evil actors. That's all. But kind of going back to like Kelk. So let me ask you this. Like, so you guys built this out. And I don't like look at things as competitive, like a competition. I look at it more, especially with Cosmos. Like we all need to like band together, build some cool shit and have the best customer experience. Are you guys thinking about doing other chains as well? Like how's that going to work? And then also like, what's the service fee? Because obviously something like this, you need to be some somewhat self-sustainable over the long run. So there needs to be some sort of like maintenance or service fee. Yeah, absolutely. So two two really great points. One is sort of coming back to the ethos and one we didn't really touch on before, but one that was actually core to our decision to build on Cosmos is this idea of, you know, enabling sovereign chains to to connect to each other, this internet of blockchains concept. Um, and, you know, this is really preached and practiced. Um, I was at Cosmoverse earlier in the year in uh, Medellin in Colombia. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of really exciting work being done with inter-blockchain connectivity, inter-chain accounts, inter-chain queries, et cetera. Um, and a lot of that actually, so the top tech team, I think here at Calc and definitely working closely with uh, the Kajira tech team as well to sort of push a bit of that forward. And we've been running a lot of technical proof of concepts, which again, I'll let Aiden speak about uh, in more detail because uh, significantly more versed into it. But um, essentially leveraging that technology, I think, you know, going into chain and allowing, you know, different blockchains to to access the Calc front end. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side, come back and, you know, have, you know, potentially that asset might be auto-staked. So it could be Juno, for example. Um, I mean, the next step we, we've done a few pro proof of concepts on, can we expose 
Calc on Juno, enable users to use to it, connect to it. Um, all our swaps do happen on Fin at the moment. We're heavily integrated with Fin. Um, and at the moment, we also only list two pairs, which is Kajura and Adam. Um, so, you know, the incentivized pairs on Bo, if you haven't recently seen Kajura's recently released Bo, I think they hit a million in, in TVL and maybe even was under 24 hours, um, you know, and that's, again, really amazing, amazing feat. And um, off the back of that, we can see that the, the spreads are extremely tight for the Bo incentivized pairs. Um, so as soon as, you know, we're happy from a customer perspective, you know, that, you know, no one's going to suffer slippage or not, nothing's going to happen on that, that front will open up to a lot more pairs. Um, so, I mean, the sort of next phase for Calc um, at the moment is just doubling down, refining the current product market fit, updating a few things. And then beyond that, we're going to um, start exploring, you know, what does it look like from an IBC perspective? And then we also have a few partnerships with some really exciting projects like uh, like Squid, for example, or, or Axler. Um, how can we actually then enable EVM users to sort of bridge their capital and come into the Cosmos ecosystem and interact and, and learn what, what's out here? Um, so that's sort of the, the next phase of our growth and development. Um, again, we we're very much at the school of thought is expanding. Um, that's the Cosmos uh, ethos. And you know, I think if you speak, especially you speak to EVM players or people that have been around a little bit, or even new players, they don't necessarily care, you know, what the difference is between Solana or Avalanche or Cosmos or anything in between. Um, so again, just realistic about that. Obviously, we have our preferences um, from a tech perspective and, and sort of from a concept perspective, but uh, we're very much the school of thought to continue to grow and, and offer the Calc services across chain. Um, and then, yeah, really drive to to create that that product where we can offer um, most, if not every single asset. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I completely agree with that point that about, you know, people don't care what chain it is. I mean, I never have. And also, like right now, currently how crypto is built, it's really just made for like the enthusiast, which is all of us. You know, in the future, people aren't going to care that they went from like Kujera to Osmosis to Ethereum to Solana, whatever. They, they're not going to care. It's just like when you go on one website and go on another, you don't care that it's pinging off this server, that server, and this is how it works. Like maybe some people do, and kudos to you, but like most normal people don't care. They just want something that works, and that's just going to be like how the future of crypto is going to be. So, you know, that's why I've always kind of been – as soon as I found out the vision of Cosmos and understood it on a technological side of things, that's where I just devoted all my time because it just makes sense to me. And, you know, I can go on and on why and all that. I don't need to do that. But um, I just appreciate, like, different pools being built. And it's it's going to be cool that, you know, maybe in the future a team builds a different sort of application and they could just go into your front end and just add it and, because that, I mean, that really is the future. People are going to want to spend time. Time's already limited as it is. So it's like, you know, they don't want to have all this time to do this the type of stuff. And as much as I love DeFi, it's nice to, I, I've been slowly but surely more automating more of my time and different, um, you know, LP pools. And sometimes I'm just like, you know what, for this next few days, all my rewards and all these different things, I'm just going to let it pile up and then I'll decide what I'm going to do. Cause I used to, I have four monitors. Most people don't have four monitors. So it's like, even with four monitors, it's so much work, you know, it's, it's like, I, I don't know how people, cause most people don't have computers that are in this space, to be honest with you. So like they only have their mobile phone. So it really needs to be automated for mobile phone because I don't know how you can get any of this done. Really. It, it would take way too much time. 
So, I mean, I just kudos for that. I appreciate all the people building auto compounders and what you guys have going on with different strategies. And there's other players that are building different strategies too. It's, it's nice to see it all come together. And like I said, I don't think anything is competition. Like the more the merrier, the more people building in the space and bringing value, it's just going to bring other people in the space. And, you know, we're, we're so early. We don't even have many people. If you think about it, like, no, there's over 8 billion people on the planet. I don't know how many millions of those people are in crypto. And then out of those millions, like, how many people are right now during this bear market? Because human nature, it's when going gets tough, people do tune out. It's just the way it is. It'll always be that way. But the people in this space right now listening in, you know, they got, you, you, have your, um, you have an advantage for sure. So. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to touch on as well. And I mean, we're very much at the school of thought is from a community perspective. Um, I mean, even if you look at just what's happening in Cosmos, essentially that's much smaller than what's happening in EVM. And then combining the two is much smaller. The crypto is much smaller compared to the, the rest of the world. So I think we very much have this, um, you know, open eyes perspective on outward looking fronts where, you know, the battle's not necessarily in crypto, you know, it's not PVP type setup. It's very much, you know, it's sort of more around PVE, you know, player versus environment where I think us, you know, everyone involved in crypto um, has a lot of work to do to, to take it mainstream. And I think that's one of the things that hurt us the most, you know, post Terra collapse or, or post these bull runs where, you know, people, their first experience in crypto is they come in, they get burnt, they leave thinking it's a total scam. And I think, you know, that's really what we should be spending our time um, breaking down and, and removing from the system. And, you know, there's definitely going to be flush outs of certain players and, you know, not everyone in crypto is in it for the right reasons. But, you know, we feel like if we can align ourselves with the right teams, the right the right people, and they share that same, that same vision and, and mission, 100% come work with us. I mean, even from a, a strategy perspective, if you think you're building a really cool strategy and you'd love it to be connected in um, that, you know, enables our users to auto buy a particular asset, uh, and then that moves into your strategy, come talk to us. We can we can set something up. You know, if you're particular, you know, about it, it might be secret if you're really into the secret blockchain and there's something happening over there and you'd like us to, you know, have calc, you know, for people to buy some secret and then that be funneled to a different strategy, reach out to us 100%. You know, we're all ears. We're We're very happy to... To work with anyone again we share that mission to, to push DeFi forward um and you know coming back to that sustainability element and that grown up DeFi perspective doing the right thing by the users and by the people um, so if you share those visions come work with us we're more than happy to uh to accommodate nice let me personal question like how long did it take you guys to kind of get calc live like for when you guys seen the vision you're like let's do this like how about how long did it take you yeah, so I, sh I should probably preface it by saying um, this first version is what I call version 0 0.1 because um, we're still, I mean, we still want to complete the um, on-off ramps. We need to wait for access to finish general message passing module, and we still need to kind of get connect in with a few other things. Um, but this first first version we shipped in exactly 14 weeks. Essentially went from from nothing to to what you can go play around with now on app.calculated.fi um, in exactly 14 weeks. I mean. We we kind of took we actually funded from the community um, community pool in Kajira. We took essentially the bare minimum just to cover costs uh, and the team. Obviously, we we did it more from a wanting to build perspective rather than a uh, income perspective. Um, we took next to no money from doing that. But um, you know, the, us as a team, you know, we've got extensive Web two experience working with companies like you know Vanguard, Oracle, Nissan, Rolls Royce, Unilever, Deloitte, etc. 
Um, and off the back of that, we wanted to take all those expertise and, you know, put into a, a product that we could be proud of, a product that, you know, we know can stand the test of time uh, and essentially create the service on chain because we felt like after the, the blow up of FTX, for example, more importantly, um, ensuring that something like this needs to be available on chain. So we turned around this product uh, essentially in 14 weeks. We spun it up. At the moment, we're still continuing developing. Um, and then we've got a lot of really exciting things and a really exciting community is coming together. Um, for example, there's a group of people called the Calc Strategy DAO, um, just really passionate about creating really cool strategies to connect in. I mean, they're working heavily with us. Um, and then, you know, on the other side, again, we've been super, super supported by the Kajira community. Um, so we turned around in 14 weeks, team of five, we've a team of four and a half, one person is part-time. Um, but yeah, we're, we've worked together a lot, many different companies, different startups, um, and yeah, good friends here to build, here to build for a long time. And then kind of got tidbit and off of that point. So you said four and a half, five people, basically, um, like how did, did you guys get any grants? Did you get any sort of funding? Cause I mean, I know, I know how it is out here. It's not, it's not cheap to live. So it's just, I was just curious on that. Yeah, so we were we had a grant from the Kajira community pool, um, 78k USD. Essentially, we've been about 50%. Essentially, went to audit costs, which um, were yeah one of the main drivers, and then legal costs, getting a few things set up is there um, there as well, and then you know a little bit of outsourcing um, that we had to pay as well. So essentially, is I think it's almost I've been like 98%. I was doing the accounting, and we posted a medium article after our fourth milestone on exactly where the costs went. One because we think it's important for any teams in the future to build, um, you know, just have a good understanding of the costs that they're coming into. Uh, but two, again, we're very about being transparent and sharing as much knowledge as we can. Nice. So, did you guys want to take any questions for from the community? Please. All right. So let me get Rec News already requested. Good, Rec. Welcome up. You might still be on mute. Good, Rec News. <laughs> Are you trolling? <laughs> it's kind of funny. He said no. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, man. I, I don't know who's running the Rec News, but some pretty, uh, pretty funny, pretty funny memes coming out of that account. Yeah, man. I, I, I. I try to follow everyone, especially people that are, you know, just consistent. And uh, I, I tune in sometimes to the, some of the tweets. It's pretty good. It's funny. But yeah, we were talking about what you were talking about earlier to build something for the long run. I just advise people or just say, you know, just be patient. I mean, I'm I'm getting older now to like see the different innovations in tech, you know, and I mean, you don't even have to look. It might seem a long time to some people because probably that's how old they are. Uh, it's the age I'm going to or the year that I said. But like 99, 2000, people, like people were so confident that the, the Internet was a scam. I mean, like everyone was saying it, you know, like trying to scare everyone off. And it, I, I see crypto as the same thing, just basically 20 years later. Yeah, crypto is a scam. And, you know, like it is unfortunate, you know, first off, when anyone loses any money, it's 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 terrible. But, um, you know, like when you do get people, maybe they just got in and then the FTX thing happens or they're maybe they were going to get in over the holidays. But this is like, you know, there's such fun and negative news everywhere. But, you know, I I just don't see how it doesn't work over the long haul. So just remain patient. And as an investor standpoint, I can say, like, I don't give it financial advice, but I firmly believe, like, if you had a hundred different 
uh, technology, like let's we'll just call them tech companies. You you invest in a hundred tech companies. All you have to do is pick a couple winners out of the hundred. The other ones can go to zero technically, and you you'll probably make your money back plus more. So uh, just remain patient. Follow the teams that are building cool things and innovative things. And I I I like the slow and the steady approach, even with like Kajira and whatnot. Like um, that's just the way it is. You know, it's. Yeah, when you have these a lot of these assets that are just so inflationary, it's just you know you got to kind of be care- careful and cautious of it because I mean it's just the reality of it. Just think about it: all you're getting is a future valuation of that particular company. We'll just call it a company, and um, it's not what it is right now. You're 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 basically hoping that you know, hey, I'm getting all these, and you know, five years from now it's going to be worth this. And it, it's nice. I mean, some of them. I'm not going to say all that. Um, that tokenomic structure is incorrect, but not all of them are going to work. So just be careful when it comes to that. But um, yeah, I mean, do you have anything else that you wanted to, to share about like help and what you think about crypto? Yeah. I mean, I think like there's a lot of a core things to tackle there, right? Is like even understanding the difference between a deterministic value versus speculative hype um, and even getting back to the basics. I mean, I've had very in-depth conversations with people, you know, in TradFi, some of my really great friends, you know, when they knew I was in crypto, they wanted to have a lot of discussions around this. Um, I think, you know, coming back to what we're doing, and we have this thread series called the Calculated Thinking, um, is very much around informing people on this topic, one from you know, a psychological perspective, where we talk about FOMO, risk aversion, action bias, etc. cetera, uh, but then to sort of introduce a lot of these concepts, um, coming back to the educational component. You know, and our hope is, you know, if we can educate, you know, even if it's a handful of people here, well enough that you know then they can educate you know, a handful of people each and kind of start that network effect um, to share you know, important knowledge um, if you're going to be in the crypto space um so yeah like i said we, we love what you do as well um coming back to that educational aspect and trying to teach people the right way and i know obviously you can give financial advice in, in real life and not here but i think those words of wisdom are, are well needed um and then coming back to what you touched on before around you know not all projects are going to be around for for a long time. And I think if you look at the success rate from the previous bull run, with run pool run before the previous bull run, assuming now we're done with the last one, um, I think it's something like only 5% of projects are, are going to stand the test of time. So that's also kind of another big driving factor of why you know, we aligned ourselves with Kajira, um, you know, from a sustainability perspective. I think all tokens have been vested from VCs. Um, and it's a, a much more open market and, um, you know, you can actually go and it's a lot easier for people to understand, you know, the deterministic value is here. The, the staking rewards, they're all real. It's not inflationary. Um, and I think that kind of helps us communicate you know, a lot of these core educational principles we're trying to introduce, but then to to ensure that, you know, we can be around for, for a really long time. I did also just see, um, I think there was a comment on, um, uh, maybe it wasn't. I thought someone had their, their hand up. No worries. Back to you. <laughs> yeah uh what do you think about because i i know john from defund what do you think about like etfs and whatnot like coming into the space yeah i think it's it's kind of um a space that you know obviously on the recurring buying and selling side we sort of help answer the question sort of you know, how much do i buy and when do i buy and i think in particular with dca plus when we launch that that's going to be a super exciting product um and you know if we can outperform the average buy price by 20, 30%, even up to 40%, you know, that's a huge win. But I think it still doesn't really answer the question around what do I buy? And I think you touched on this before around you know, both the deterministic value versus speculative hype versus what are the teams that are going to continue to ship versus understanding, you know, from an inflationary perspective, you might go chasing reward and you think, oh, how great is this? I'm getting 100% APY, but really the 
people not doing that are actually just being inflated out of their positions. So I think you know an interesting thing for us to to talk about and explore, and we spoke with John, I think two weeks ago, um, is this idea of, you know, can we enable people to start creating, you know, different indexes of assets, a basket of assets? Um, and then, you know, that kind of de-risks the, the portfolio from, you know, instead of being 100%, and I can admit this, for for example, on Terra, I thought, you know, I'm diversified. I've got Luna, I've got Terra Alts, I've got, you know, Stablecoin, et cetera. But um, coming back to it, it's like, you know, they're all sort of based on the same, the same risk event could kind of wipe out everything. And, and that did happen. So I think that if we can create now, move to the next phase where people can sort of DCA in or out of positions that are... Um, I guess more risk balanced. Um, I think that's quite an exciting concept. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was, you know, I think most people in here probably got a little bit wrecked from the Luna UST debacle. I mean, I I was one of them, but I did always preach during that whole time that you know you should own a bunch of different things, and you know, I call it the IBC game because it's I feel like you know, okay that hurt but if you own this this and this hopefully one of those you know no one can guarantee anything but hopefully one of these will make up for the difference over the you know the long haul and that's the kind of approach i i I tell people that all the time i don't give advice i don't try to give financial advice but i say you know if you are going to be in this space it's very speculative i don't think it's um i don't think it's the right play is like even if you're so convinced you're like you know what polygon's amazing like, why own just everything in Polygon? Because, like, what happens if the Polygon, if something happens? To, I must look at it like a planet, you know, like a solar system. If you can own a bunch of different planets that have all these different resources, why just own one? You know, own a bunch of them. What happens if something happens to that one planet over there? Well, okay, well, you have all kind of different things on these other places. So I kind of view it like that. And, you know, it is super unfortunate for anyone, especially builders or teams that devoted all these hours and built all these cool things on just like Terra, you know, NFT communities or whomever. And then that happened. It was like terrible, you know. And, um, you know, myself, I, I was taking profits in UST and, you know, throughout Cosmos, taking it in UST, then sometimes using Anchor or just kind of holding it there like, okay, I have x amount of ust sitting there and and i was convinced that like luna i got caught up in the euphoria like i was thinking oh one day it could be worth like a thousand per you know so i was kind of using as like store value and that was just obviously the worst approach ever and i learned my lesson from it you know and um we no one knows everything and you know no one knows anything really sometimes it comes down to that but if you, you know, de-risk and do things like that, you know, you give yourself a better shot. And it, it, like in my perspective in this space right now, because how early we are, you just always want to have fight left in the game. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be game over, you know, and what I mean by that is don't be over leveraged. And, you know, just like if you can get to the mindset where you're like, I'm putting this much in and if it goes to zero you know, yeah, it's going to suck. It's unfortunate, but I'll be cool. Like I'll be able to pay my bills. I'll be able to live a life. And, um, and if you're younger, you know, like there's nothing wrong with taking more risk. I mean, cause you're younger, like, worst case scenario, you, you, you know, unfortunately lose everything. Yeah. It's terrible, but you're young. Like you can go out and work or make up for it. You know, I, always kind of invested and in, I took more risk when I was younger. I still take risk. Obviously I'm in crypto, but, uh, you kind of that's the kind of approach you want to have it don't don't be over leveraged like you look at these people i mean like i said i in real life deal with people that have a lot of money 
you know, and some of them don't have money because they're over leveraged. Like if anything happens, they, they don't, they don't have money to pay their bills because they're living in this like pipe dream that every single, you know, the roller coaster goes down at some point, the ride goes down, you know, it's never just going to keep going up. And like kind of bringing that back to calc, like I really like the whole like DCA and on the way up. Cause it just makes you, you know, be that. And I would, I would do that for sure. You know, take 20%, 30%. And, I'm DCA on the way up next time, you know, because then it just takes this whole thing out. If I'm like, Adam's going to 200, like, well, okay, cool. If it does, well, I'm going to be taking some profits on the way up. And then if it doesn't hit the price point that I think, it doesn't matter. I got some money in the bank now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that's a great point because in the end of the day, no one can predict the future. If you can, you wouldn't be doing, you wouldn't be working, you know, you would have already been settled for whatever it needs to be. So I think, you know, that's the beauty of this type of product and, and you know, just make that very clear. Anyone that tells you they know exactly what's going to happen, I think um, it's worth doing a bit more due diligence on uh, on those claims. Yeah, they're narcissists because that's one thing I learned in this space is, you know, you can kind of put your, surround yourself with people that you think you know, or kind of know what they're talking about, but really in this space, really no one truly knows everything. Cause why, you know, that's just the way it is. No one knows everything. Even in traditional finance, people can say, Oh, you know, this is doing this and this is doing that, but they don't know. There's so many different factors that come into play as an investor. All you can do is, is try to find good technology that you believe in and hope, hope for the best. I mean, that's just the way it is. So um, not to get like dark about it or anything, but uh, I, I believe in crypto, obviously. That's why I'm here. I devote so much of my life to it. But more specifically, I believe in Cosmos. I believe in the, in the you know, the, like I said, the communitarian point. Um, I do wish some of the assets would kind of chill out with being so high and in, highly inflationary, especially during times like this. There's already so much inflation throughout the world. Kind of need to like chill out with it, you know? Um, but that's the type of things that I'm dealing with. I try to, you know, like you were saying before, if you really chase those high APRs, if you're not doubling down on it or just keep compounding, you're getting diluted out of your position. Unless, like I said, unless you really believe in it over the, the long haul, then yeah, do, do what you feel. But, um, I like to Kajira, you know, like even like, like obviously Binance is strong, BNB, like they have strong tokenomics. That's why like there's really less dips, you know, it's like, oh, other things are down 15, 20% and you look at like Binance, it might be up a percent or, you know, nil. Same thing with like, you know, obviously Bitcoin and stuff like that because it's, you can, you, you know what you have. It's like tomorrow, okay, there's not going to be X amount more and then it's really hard to gauge. It's easier for the common person to kind of understand their position and, how much it's worth and things like that. So, uh, not like I said, not not against all structures because I mean I I understand it from that perspective too. But I think in this space in particular, people do get really crazy about like the high high APRs. And then, like I said, if you get in super early and you believe in that tech, then yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that person. But maybe take some profits too and kind of go from there. So, yeah, very wise words. I see Rect Validator. I think is requested. Um, can uh bring him up <laughs> go ahead rick is is he just trolling hey good, uh, nope, good afternoon good morning i'm here i'm not rec news <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know who wrote that but it's a great <laughs> account honestly uh i just want to say congratulations guys on your launch i haven't talked to you since then that's awesome uh and then something i was just thinking about while i'm listening here do you, have you had any thoughts or uh, you know maybe in the future of given 
on the assets that you are offering, you know, DCAing in, like uh, a brief like bullet points on that token itself, you know, a little bit of education for, you know, someone new coming in. Like the way I envision this working is I want to set up like family members to to DCA in and not always have to tell them, you know, go this route, go that route. Like, you know, you can help educate new people coming into the space, what to look for, what not to look for, I guess, in a way. But I know no financial advice, but maybe some bullet points somewhere in there could be uh, could be cool. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a really great point. One, actually, as a team, we discussed, I think, two weeks back. Um, I mean, I did actually um, previously back in the Terra days, I did quite a lot of in-depth research on how people come into the crypto space, how they learn about crypto, et cetera. And I think the key insight there was that, you know, when you talk about crypto, the traditional routes of people learning something they might jump on YouTube, they might jump on most people actually don't use Twitter until they get into see until they get into Twitter or until crypto. But essentially the common theme there is that because learning about crypto is so unstructured and there are so many different things to learn, people don't know what to trust, what not to trust. You know, traditionally you go off, you know, what YouTube videos have the most likes and uh, and the most comments and you know the most views and typically because of you know again back to the psych psychological element they're the one shilling or you know potentially preaching bad advice so i think as a team we have discussed this introducing sort of a tab as the first version um where we can go and find you know it might be um like a bizarre report or it might be a Delphi digital report or it might be you know you know a galaxy digital report on atom um and just at least linking these more complex PDFs that enable people to sort of read and, and learn about which assets. Um, and then the other aspect we kind of talked about was, you know, do we try to establish a DAO that does some basic due diligence on all projects that are listed, um, you know, on Calc to ensure that, you know, one, it's like it's a proper project, it's going to be around for a long time, um, something we feel comfortable having on the platform. In the end of the day, we'll be sufficiently decentralized to not essentially make that decision ourselves, but it would be amazing to open source that and crowdsource that to the community. Um, so if they feel a particular asset might not be uh, as it says, you know, maybe we don't we don't list that, uh, or maybe some particular assets are you know really in it for the long haul, then um, we ensure that they they get fast tracked onto onto the Calc system. I like I like that. I was just thinking about when you're. That's actually a good point because there's some services that kind of offer that, but not obviously with what you guys have with strategies, but they have like quizzes or whatever. So I was thinking maybe, you know, uh, as a business development side of things in the future, say a particular asset wants to be, you know, listed for with Calc, it's like, all right, we'll create like a little, I don't know, five question little Q and A type thing. And the person could particularly, you know, maybe, maybe they invest in it because they took this little quiz and they understood, you know, some bullet points. Like, I, I think that's kind of cool actually. And, and um, yeah, because people want to know kind of what they're doing, right. Or what they should, at least you should know what you're invested in, but some people probably don't. Um, uh, that's mm -hmm. definitely not advisable, but yeah, I mean, that, I think that's kind of cool to have that because it's already hard to navigate, you know, like you're saying, and that's one of the things I, I've always been involved with is like the educational side of things, because there's just so much information and, and pe most people don't have thousands of hours to do research. Like I've been lucky to be able to do that, especially since like when COVID happened. But, you know, um, most people, they work nine to five and they, man, I know what this crypto is. Let me throw in some money, but it'd be nice to just kind of give them bullet points. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, and I think it's really exciting space to explore. And I know there's another project for those of you not familiar called Atlo, 
Um, and they were previously on Terra and they're, they're rebuilding on Kajura as well. I think that this is also a space that they have to tackle, you know, when listing new projects, you know, what's the appropriate amount of due diligence, due diligence, due diligence you need to do. I think this is also such a tough one. I mean, this comes back to like, what community project should you fund? What's success look like? You know, there's a lot of factors that come into it. Um, but I think, yeah, something around that space, you know, again, if you have expertise in this area and you've got an interesting idea, come chat to us, as mentioned before, we're happy to work together or put something together. Um, and yeah, I know Atla is exploring that space too. So I think we'll definitely be touching base with them and, and having a chat. Yeah, man, thanks for stopping by, Rack. That was a good point. I think that's very valuable, actually. I think, I think, uh, that should just be kind of like the standard to be honest with you you know any any spot that you go onto, whether it's a centralized exchange or you know kajira or like osmosis or whatever it's like okay they have all these assets listed you maybe even if you're just on your pc or whatever you highlight over it right and it just gives you maybe some links to their research or resources or whatever just more in a Make it like I said, it's all about customer experience. I think it would make it a better customer experience for people, and you never know where that's going to take you. Because, like you were saying earlier, um, I know myself, I could just use myself for an example. Like, when I first started using stuff on Cosmos, I was like, What the hell have I been doing with my life? Like, this is so much better than what I've already experienced. And then it made me, you know, get more involved. I'm not saying everyone's going to be like that, but whenever someone has a good experience, it usually keeps them around, and word of mouth is like the best marketing anyways it's like oh yeah i used this and it was really good and you should try it out you know then you're already you're kind of already there so yeah i think that's that's a great thing and i'll have to check i don't i don't think i've ever heard of that team yet because like i unfortunately timed terra pretty wrong i owned luna whenever it got on osmosis and i kind of messed around on terra a little bit but it was like April-ish when I really started to kind of start digging into different things on on Terra. And obviously May happened and, and then that kind of went to crap. But um, I know there's a lot and I, I respect a lot of people in this space and I talked to a lot of different developers and there's a lot of really brilliant developers that were building on Terra, maybe still building in Terra. But um, what was that team you said? The Atlo team. Okay, I'll have to check into that. I think, uh, Rex, you have your, your hand up again. Yep. yep, yep, thanks. Yeah, I wasn't looking for, like, or I wasn't suggesting, you know, an in-depth analysis, which is would be helpful, I agree, but we know how these spaces go. I mean, a lot of us get stuck with blinders on, and we don't see everything good and everything bad. It was more of just, you know, a bullet point type thing, you know. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with it. But it just seemed like a good idea, and I figured I figured I'd share it, and smarter people will build on it. <laughs> but all right, I'm going to step down. Thanks, guys. Nah, awesome. Thanks guys. for thanks for jumping up. Um, I think I also just saw the time. Once we might uh might need to move off shortly. So potentially to wrap it up, a few points from us. Um, so one, please come down, check out app.calculated.fi. I think um you know you can find that on our our Twitter account. Um, I think we've been super stoked with the community. I think we've been live for almost three weeks. I think tomorrow will be three weeks. Um, and we've definitely seen the volume, I guess, it's increased 200% from, you know, in the last five days even. Um, so getting some really strong support there. And, you know, we've gotten a lot of really great feedback on the user experience. We still have a, a long way to go, a lot of really exciting things to build and ship. Um, but yeah, as mentioned before, if you're a team, you know, and you want to work with us, you share our mission, come work with us. We're 100% open to that again. You know, we've got bigger, bigger fish to tackle. And then on top of that, if you're a community member, or if you just have any idea, 
come chat to us, come jump in our, um, you know, into our Telegram. Um, you know, the community is super open to a lot of really great ideas and a lot of really aligned people. So we'll open you, welcome you with open open arms and um, yeah, come check it out. If you don't know, if you're not familiar with Kajura, come check it out and, and you know, get familiar with that ecosystem. And then finally, thanks so much for, for having us on here. Really appreciate your time, Cosmos House, and coming back to that educational component is really big for us. So hopefully we can continue to push that forward and, and uh, move the whole space forward. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm always here to help. So, you know, anytime you guys have any new updates or want me to share anything, just, you know, reach out. Um, definitely do that. And for anyone listening, yeah, check out Kajira and the, and the ecosystem. One thing I've learned, it's, it's a really strong community and essentially very bright uh, community, which I've seen. Uh, I just advise everyone to just keep, you know, growing and learning in this space. And I always kudos to everyone that's here right now, listen or, or listen to the recording afterwards, because like I said, this is the most valuable time. It's, this is when, this is when you keep grinding and, and not unplug. So thanks for everyone for your time. Shout out to everyone. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, evening, night, wherever you're located. Take care. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was Cosmos Haas hosting an AMA with Calculated Finance, recorded on Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Plain canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Another fixed game of try my luck Oh, lighten up, dog. It could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead Or put it in new speakers It's a toss-up Driver or just tweakers Don't stress, yo I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake Off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison And put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the box came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble
Two spaces. <laughs>